much the neutral zone a star trek podcast by ladies where we talk about star trek loudly and at great length or at least around like an hour and a half like that region i am your host kareem joined as ever by kim hello and ari hello today we are here to talk about season three guys season three (laughs) episode 18 lights sorry the Lights of Zatar, or as I like to call it, Bright Lights, Dick City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one's very good. Thank you so much. <laughs> so this is... <laughs> I hadn't thought of the lights as a patriarchy before now. <laughs> but but now, they are. They because are. a shiny light's existence, just the idea of his existence, even though it lived a life and then died, is worth more than any woman's life. Their, the potential of their life is worth more than a woman's actual life. The light show of the patriarchy. Yes, yes. it is the laser light show of the patriarchy. <laughs> Carry on! <laughs> so, in a long, proud tradition of uh, really offensive... <laughs> Star Trek episode. This one takes that baton and runs with it. It was so sexist. It was, okay, here's the thing. I'm going to give you a short summary because we're just going to dig into it right now. Girl is blinded by the light, Mm -hmm. is inhabited by like 10 assholes. Yeah. Who then decide that, well, we're more important than her, so she has to die. And someone destroys a library? But, who cares? Throughout the entire episode, the most grating thing is, is that they constantly refer to her as the, the girl. girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we all picked up on that independently, because fuck that noise. The thing yeah. is, is this character, what's her name, Mira? Yeah. Romaine Lettuce. She has so much potential as an interesting, interesting ass character. She's a space librarian. She's a, yeah, she is a space librarian. We don't have that confirmed. She, she's, she's going to Memory Alpha to do yes, a thing. To do she's technically a space, space archivist. archivist. Yes. She's a technical person because she was going to be the one to install all the equipment. Yep. Her father was once upon a time the head of Starfleet Engineering. Yep. So, like, she grew up in, like, a technical ass household. She's, like, a Badass computer programmer. Born and raised. Yeah. She's amazing. She doesn't get any lines. She doesn't actually get to do anything. She doesn't get to do anything. She is the object. She is described in two words that I would like never to see (laughs) together again, which I paused the episode, ran into Ari's room, and told her this, but I'm going to share it again for everyone. The two words together are exceptional pliancy. (laughs) Oh my god, that was awful. And that is describing her brain. Yep. That she's, you know, pretty easy. She's really suggestible and she'll just do what you tell her. Yeah. And that's who she is? Well, and there's also the part where Chekhov has the line. Like, Chekhov and Sulu were talking about her and Chekhov's like, I didn't think Scotty would go for the brainy type and Sulu, because he's so witty, is all like... I don't think Scotty even noticed her brain. And I'm like, he's a space engineer on a spaceship. Yeah. He's a professional nerd. Yeah. You would also, here's here's my headcanon. He probably knew her when she was a baby and he was 35 because, okay, how old is Scotty supposed to be? He is supposed to be older, but the fact is James Doohan was actually the same age as Shatner, so sometimes they gray him up. They do, yeah. But sometimes they don't. They mm-hmm. did not in this episode. No. Uh, they did. A little bit. Did they? Yeah. Oh, because yeah. he wasn't oh, yeah. Not as much as he has been. It comes and goes, because for a while he had that rockabilly, like, yeah, yeah, going on. Yeah, beginning of this season. And that was a trip. Um, but this one, he looked ancient- he didn't look that, that, that was why He didn't was, look good. He didn't look super old to me either, which is like why it was so weird when uh, Kirk would go on like, Scotty's decrepit, he's a, never going to find love. When a man of Scotty's age, it's like, what the he's fuck? He's like 40. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for men. Like, quite honestly, yeah. your playing field is wide open for your entire existence. He can have babies into his 80s. And this, can, this, can and will. And that's like. Pre, like, we don't know what's going on in 150 or however far down the line this is. They could have, like, space potency drugs to 150. I don't know. Well, this is bonkers because the beginning of the episode is essentially, well, Scotty's in love. How cute is that? Yeah. And he's totally smitten with her. 
for fucking reasons I can't understand. And what she sees in him... Well, I guess the is, father figure she never had? Well, oh, apparently fa- she did. Oh my god, it is! Except that she did have a father. The thing, but, like, it's a, it's a surrogate father thing because he's also an engineer. No, I think it's just bad writing, Crane. Yeah. No. The weird thing is that we see his affection for her, but we only get... We basically get nothing from her. We're she just, seems lukewarm at best. We're just told, oh, well, they're in love. It's mutual. It's like... Is it? The, really? Well, this is the major problem with this episode, and it's basically where every bad thing, I think, comes out of this episode, is that the poor characterization of... Romaine uh, Lettuce. Mira. And the fact that she is not allowed to have a personality or, like, like any kind of decision-making power or lines or like it's very bizarre because they say that she has an exceptional pliancy she'll essentially bend your will which is like the post-war man's dream it also but says, i mean to put that in context and i'm not saying that it makes it any better they say that when they're talking about um like school records talking like yeah they, that she, she has exceptional mental pliancy but they also they're talking about that in the context of her being a really fast learner in new situations yeah no they say the word exceptional pliancy they do say the word exceptional but pliancy. anyways the only time that we see her acting independently of scotty and of her captain is when she's in medical bay where she turns into a turbo bitch <laughs> i loved her in this in the turbo that, bay. Was, that was her best scene that was her best scene because she actually got to say words yeah, yeah. my favorite one was when they, i think they were down on memory alpha and Kirk goes up to her and he's like, all the technicians are dead. And she's just like, and what technicians? What is I going on? I, I literally seconds. just got here. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't even like outfit her for an away mission. They just fucking beamed her down. No, they're giant assholes to her the entire time. Yeah. Um, but she does not help the situation. No. Like, she is possessed by an alien being, and some weird stuff starts happening, and they kind of ask her questions, and she's like, how dare you yeah. ask me a question? Well, there's also the whole other thing with Scotty, where she's like, they're like an engineering snuggling or whatever. He and- is at work! Yeah, I know, it was super inappropriate. But also, I did like that the blame was mostly placed on Scotty when Kirk was calling around, like, where the fuck is Scotty? Why yeah. isn't he at work? It's like, yeah. you're acting yes. extremely unprofessional. Yeah, but the, apparently the, the, she has no job. The whole thing, well, no, her job was on memory alpha. She wasn't working her yet. Job. Although, like, can we stop and talk about the fact that we get to actually see the space library for, like, three seconds before it's destroyed by the... Covered the, in dead people? We yeah, will get there. Sure. Can I finish my point? Um, there was a part, like, and so she's t- saying to Scotty, like, well, I've been having these kind of like weird maybe premonition things and Scotty's just like it's fine you're just having a little bit of space lady hysteria you don't need to worry about it she's like so I shouldn't report this he's like no you're totally fine this is just woman stuff I didn't actually interpret that as oh I super did my alternate alternate title for this episode (laughs) is reverse gaslighting (laughs) because she is like something is for sure up that you should be worried about well, and someone is downplaying it every step of the way yeah so well, i saw all these dead people and don't worry about it's it it's just like the whole thing was like it's your first trip in space it can be difficult for some people it's just like you're going on a boat trip oh are you sure that's not gonna be too taxing for you on dear? your ovaries yeah like that that was the that was the whole feeling i got from scotty towards mira in terms of like she's like i don't know if this is right should i tell someone and he's just like no you're overreacting you're just being hysterical honestly i think she should have just stuck with the, the sick bay attitude everything would have been dealt with a lot more quickly well i i guess i found the love story very hard to believe because he's a patronizing asshole and she has no personality. Show. Yeah. And she has no personality. Yeah. And he is just constantly patting her on the head and saying, there, there. And I mean, some people are into that, and that's fine. She didn't seem like she was. Well, all she did, all they did was stare into each other's well, eyes. Well, it's handed to us as, like, fait accompli. It's like, oh, well, they're in love. And it's like, that's it. That, that's it. Yeah. and as, nothing from her. As a plot thing, that's, I'm trying to think of any other television show, sci-fi or otherwise, that has presented us with that as essentially okay they're a couple now and they're Stargate a couple Atlantis which ones Rodney and oh uh, Rodney Keller. and Jennifer yeah and see how well it was that garbage. was garbage but no there there was still like the <laughs> Leo <laughs> episode <laughs> I'm not gonna argue with a lot of years, lot of years. still bitter <laughs> but throughout that they had it leading up to like there was a courtship of a uh, kind like half an episode yeah <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> Well, 
And that's the thing, and that's also, I think it comes to a problem of it being the episodic, like, yeah. one episode, like, they don't have any time to give us, um, uh, any kind of lead up to it, and to get into the story that they want to tell, they have to be in love, which I don't think they actually needed to be they in don't. love to be, like, if they could remove the entire Scotty love subplot from this thing, and just had it about this, you know, space archivist who was having, was, like, attacked and whatever and taken over... And let her be, like, the emotion, and, like, have, like, opinions and a personality and be the emotional crux of the episode, it would have been a vastly superior episode. They've done it before successfully in the yep. first episode. Yep. But if you want to, like, again, like, the thesis statement of this episode is Love Conquers All, which is, and Love Conquers even, like, atmospheric pressure. But <laughs> if you need there to be an emotional link between the two of them, you could have the idea that Scotty was trained by her father and he's seen her grown up and he feels paternal towards her. Like, I mm -hmm. feel like I need to protect you. This is your first, this is your first mission on Yeah, if it space. hadn't been romantic paternalism, it wouldn't have bothered me so much. No, and, and that, and I feel like that would have been a really powerful through line. And again, you could tie into things that Scotty has never had children. Yeah. Scotty's only child, only love has been the ship. But now he's presented with a human being that he has feelings for that he feels like he needs to protect at all costs. So you're, yeah, so like more of like a so much better. like a mentor style relationship yes. where she maybe be like, these are my issues, these are the problems that I'm having, and he can be there to help her like sort yes. through them. Which could have led to the whole, we, we still could have had the roadblock of like, well, I'm having these things and I'm not sure yeah, why absolutely. I'm reacting this way. Yeah. And he could have just said, that's just your reaction to traveling in space for yes, the first exactly. time. exactly. Like, and it doesn't have that weird tinge to it. Alternative uh, pitch to Brad Frederickberg or whoever the producer was at the time. It's an old love. They yeah. were like, uh, they were together at the Academy. Yeah. And then they kind of, when she went into space archivism and he went into engineering, they kind of broke apart. But when they come back together as a little bit older adults, the spark is still there. And there's a, there's, you know, there's a past. Yeah. I feel like for those two to work and for it to fit this into like a 42 minute television show, there has to be a past between them. Because otherwise, the weird instant love, fate en complete, just feels strange. And there has to be, like, a pattern to the talk, the, a banter. They have yeah. to have, like, touchstones that they both have. I feel like they also could have accomplished that they've only known each other for this particular trip without it being awful. It was like, awful because... Oh, it happened so fast. They could have done that convincingly. They just didn't. Well, it's because when we're first introduced to them, they're staring at each other on the bridge, bridge yeah. of a spaceship just kind of moony-eyed at each other and it's yeah. like, guys, guys! You're working. Take it outside the bridge. Like, Engineering is huge. Yeah. Can we also mention that, okay, so we're on our way to Memory Alpha, we're on the bridge, we're talking about this stuff, they're staring moony-eyed at each other in Which the background. Which is bullshit. There are some really weird camera angles while Kirk is explaining this to us instead of showing it to us. Dude, I read the Memory Alpha article for this. <laughs> and? That was not a shot for this episode. The initial crane pan in was like, from season two, it's yeah. not Walter Koenig at the seat, and yeah, it's wrong so uniforms. Yeah. yeah. It was I, re I recognized that shot. I was like, excellent. They could only afford one crane once. <laughs> but yeah, it's, that's why it looked weird. Yeah. yeah. So they're on the bridge, and Scotty's, like, pillow talk while standing up, yeah. like, standing talk, is like, you're the smartest and sanest girl on the ship. <laughs> That's a very strange, uh, come on. <laughs> that is a weird-ass statement. Yeah. I, the, you're the smartest, fine, like, mm. fine. The sanest? Very odd. Does that imply that everyone else is insane in the membrane on this ship? Well. Maybe, maybe everybody else is space crazy. How would you be able to tell? Can the Enterprise. Fair point. The other weird thing about this is that Kirk is narrating in his diary yep. that is going... To a professional <laughs> workplace yep. overview. I really, I'm not going to, I have no intention of doing so, but I kind of wonder if this is a personal log rather than a captain's log. Doesn't matter because what he says is that Scotty's in love yeah. where his heart previously, quote unquote, throbbed to the ship. <laughs> <laughs> this, this whole log thing at the beginning, it started out like pretty like normal. normal and then it just devolves and like you can hear the soft lighting yes. wash over yes. the recording it was bananas yeah, it was so weird so we're on our way to memory alpha i think 
we only get Memory Alpha specifically mentioned maybe twice in all of Star Trek. Because it's a super fucking bad idea. It's a terrible idea. (laughs) Especially because in the original series, they didn't really have the internet yet. So you actually have to travel to the planetoid covered in library slash archive domes to actually access it. I don't find that a terrible idea. Well, it is now. I would duplicate. Yeah. yeah. Like, build a couple and also, also guys, spoiler for the rest of the episode, shield that motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I understand what they were yes, going for right? about the freedom of knowledge and accessibility. And I was like, yes, great. thumbs up, Star Trek. Great message. You're in space. Have you never heard of extreme weather? There are rocks. There are solar storms. I feel like yeah. there's like, debris. It was They're one storing of the- digital data. <laughs> okay, yeah, basic bad data backup rules, kids. <laughs> there's space fire. Like At least two formats, yeah. at least three locations. This is this is the Federation's repository of like, all cultural knowledge. Yes. Libraries still have security guards out front. Yeah. It's the Space Library of Alexandria. <laughs> it's like the idea. I love it because it seems like the kind of academic bureaucratic bullshit that yeah. happens in a, in oh, libraries yeah. and archives all the time where the head are like, oh yeah, like intellectual freedom and like freedom for everything. And the people who actually work there are like, Yes. But, like, alarm systems, right? But... And also, can we get the roof fixed? Would be great if we also had a sprinkler system, just in case (laughs) the building caught fire. Or, like, how the library at the Vancouver Aquarium is under the giant shark tank. Well, I mean, that's just badass. And an extra precautionary measure. Anyways, moving forward. when the shark comes crashing through the... (laughs) So, the important thing is, is that Scotty's making a goddamn fool of himself on the bridge. everyone else on the bridge is making a fool of themselves, uh... Like, yeah, sort of commenting nudge, on nudge, it. wink, winking to each other about it. That's like the worst thing yeah. is when somebody who doesn't normally date starts dating and everybody's all like, oh, you finally found someone. Uh-huh. I hate that. It drives me nuts. kill you all. If I was the HR officer on this <laughs> ship, and apparently because everything on the bridge is being recorded by a professional camera crew that can be replayed <laughs> back whenever necessary, if I reviewed the data that I was being given, I would write up everyone <laughs> everyone i would write up kirk Chekhov, sulu scotty L- lieutenant lettuce romaine and maybe even spock uhura gets a uh, pass though she gets out of her chair at a bad moment that i don't appreciate <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what is she getting rid of written up for standing standing <laughs> like inappropriate standing like sit your sit yourself down because what happens is they see a giant blob they call a it a storm this is also, like, her first assignment for the Federation. Lieutenant Why is she on the bridge? Why is she a lieutenant? She's just the best at archiving mm-hmm. that she is. I do um, that with medical officers. I know that for a fact. It could but... be something to do... My my thought was going to be it was something to do with her level of experience. Because, look, if she's, if she's in Starfleet and has just started working for the Federation, which means she's just Listen, joined Starfleet... In fairness, it's her first deep space assignment. But that's still really weird. That's true. Like, she could have been on a Starbase or something yeah, else. Yes. Or on Because, like, doctors are, like... Aren't they, like... You graduate and you're immediately graduate granted of, the, the rank of lieutenant. Yeah. So it could because be something. to be in charge of people. It could, like, if she's an archivist, she's at least got a master's degree. Yeah. Archivist. Anyways. What did I say? Archivist. Archivist. Oh, I'm sorry. What I described this as. That's fair. Uh, it looks like a migraine cluster. <gasps> I yeah. actually. I loved this effect a yeah, lot. It was great. Cool. It was great. It looked to me like a lot of fireworks constantly exploding in space. And you know how much I love fireworks? A lot. And they're, they're so bright and beautiful. It was very sparkly. Mm-hmm. And this is the part menacing. where. Yes, very menacing light. Mm-hmm. This is the part where her gets up her, off of her chair to look at it. Like, why? Because you know that it's about to attack the ship. It always does. And it does. And it's when we get warp and we get. Who is it? Spock says, no natural phenomena. No, it's Kirk. No natural phenomena can move faster than the speed of light. I feel like that's not true, but I'm not sure he's had it proven incorrect yet. I don't care to find out. Nope. Anyways, essentially what happens on the bridge then is an epilepsy attack waiting to happen. But everyone has slightly different versions. It's very weird, because if this was happening, Kirk covers his eyes in the weirdest way I have ever seen a human oh, being trying to shield their throws, eyes. Is this where he crosses yes. his arms, like, yes. throws them up in yes. front of his face? Like, like he does an X-Men. Yeah. 
It's very strange. It was bananas. Yeah, well, what happens is everybody loses control of, a, like, a sense, but not everybody loses the same one. But she just, a, a Lieutenant Lettuce Romaine just stares at it. And her eyes go all sparkle. Has she not read a single fairy and or folktale? <laughs> also, what do we know about uh, sparkly eyes? They are bad news. That's true. Also, it wasn't just that her eyes started to sparkle. It was that we got the most intense zoom ever. Oh so my we were God. up closer. Yeah. Her eyeball is filling the entire screen. There's a lot of eyeballs. And then the lights appear in her eyes, and I wrote down Galadriel style. Ooh, <laughs> nice reference, Cam. Thank you. Um, they also reuse that shot about a million times. Yeah. Which is fair. It's a great shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well done, guys. So yeah, everyone get something that happened, like, Kirk tries to talk, but he can't talk, which I actually kind of liked. Yeah. Because everything that targeted was, like, the most important thing about it, so Kirk's ability to give give orders. orders. Yep. Um, Chekhov couldn't... Chekhov couldn't, couldn't blink, I think. He couldn't look down to... He couldn't make his head look down so he could change course. Yeah, so... Sulu yeah. also lost his voice. Yeah. And, um, what did... Was it that Spock couldn't move? Spock won't tell us what happened to him. Oh, I thought I... That's okay. fair. No no reason. Aurora no. <laughs> couldn't make her hands move. Which yeah, is what she did for her to, job. Yeah. yeah. So that that was neat as a thing. So uh, Lieutenant Lettuce Romaine... Falls down. She swoons, mm-hmm. but spookily. Mm-hmm. And then what I thought was like the best effect of the entire thing... was very thing, creepy. She opens her mouth and out of it comes like... Oh my gosh, this scary was so, so good. So good, so creepy, and yes. such an effective yes. alien effect. And before I remembered yeah. exactly what was happening, it sounded like she'd been slowed down. It could be that that's what they used for it, but yeah. as an effect, it was really scary. It was very yeah. frightening. I, I thought they did a great job yeah. on this. Shame that the rest of the episode could not live up to it. No. Like, it's such a good, interesting idea, but they just did not, did not. It's interesting i don't is it an interesting it it could have been interesting i don't know they've done like possession before and there's some stuff in here that's kind of about bodily autonomy but they just they just blew it so hard i liked the framework of this episode i liked the entire mystery that you had going on of like what what is this thing and what is happening etc i did not like and it was only brought down and like made of a lesser story for me because of all the sexism stuff Mm -hmm. um but Overall, I like. I really liked this story. Yeah, like I liked the the underlying story. It's just that the way that they executed it pissed me off so much. It's it's interesting, like the idea of consciousness floating around that has a will to to live, and that is what is keeping them alive. And there's a whole thing about who has the right to live, and and what qualifies as an overriding right, and like what gives you the right to a body, and that's yeah. all really interesting. It's just they framed it all in such terrible sexist condescending patriarchal nonsense yeah it was bullshit yeah. i mean it's the last it's another last of the buffalo argument yeah do the last 10 blobs have more right to a life and a body than her and a body that already belongs to someone else which is actually a story we've already done um in um the one with the the the, the glow brains in the oh, big yeah. globes yeah oh, yeah the one where they're yeah. trying to build the robots yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah Except we don't get quite as explicit a conversation as we do in this one. No, and and they come pretty down hard, you know, down on you know it's it's her body. It's her it's fucking her body. Yeah. She gets to decide what gets done with and it. I mean, which... those aliens were assholes. Oh yes, yeah, totally yeah. different. Like let's not. Yeah, let's not sugarcoat that. If they'd been a little bit more communicative, if they'd been more polite. Maybe we could have found someone for them. But that's yeah. true. No, no body for you. So Kirk gets his voice back by blocking his eyes, I guess. Sure. And yells for them to change course and get away. Um, and they sent, Bones comes up and gives her a shot and she goes back to normal, I guess. Here's where some weird stuff starts happening with McCoy and they talk about what happened on the ship and different things happened to people, but it's, but it seems, McCoy says, that Lieutenant Lettuce Romain is susceptible, extra susceptible to it. Like it is her fault. Yeah, there's... There's a, a blame. There's well, tons the, of blame, and, like, the way they treat her through the whole episode is like, well, bring her up here because we want an explanation. I didn't think of how blame so much as suspicion. No, like, I, went with, I went with blame. Because I don't think that they're assigning her any kind of agency, even in her own... <laughs> like, because they're, they're treating it like, oh, well, you're already compromised, but maybe we can get information out of you. No, I I got the sense that they blamed her what happened and that she was complicit well, yeah, because the it, actions that follow. Because from the mo- that moment onward, she's basically a spy. 
did she? No. Well, no, but I, the, a lot of the treatment is like that, even though they're constantly, like, on the face of things trying to reassure her. But there's a lot of suspicion. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. They take her to sickbay where, again, she shows a glimmer of personality. Unfortunately, that personality is very unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. She does not want to be there. No, yeah. but here's the thing. Something super alien happened. Something clearly affected her. She's freaked out. Someone asks the question of, well, what happened? And she's like, I don't know. How the fuck should I know? Why don't you know? She actually does ask that because Bones is like, I can't find anything wrong. What happened? And she's like, how the fuck should I know? You're the doctor. Can you describe what happened? No. She was, well, in all fairness, she was unconscious. Yeah. How is she supposed to know what happened there's, while she was They're mostly like stupid questions. You could describe some of what happened. Well, I was standing there. And then, and then I, I woke up on the floor. She doesn't even say that. Um, it's great because she throws a fit and then Scotty comes in. She's like, shit, am I going to get written up for this? And they all, then they all stand around and talk about her like she's not there, but how uh-huh. beautiful she's being, which I, for one, loved. Uh-huh. Yeah. It is super insulting. Yeah. And then Scotty writes it all off as her not yet having her space legs. So. Which is an overreaction in the wrong direction. Not having your space legs is no reason to be a space bitch, is my note. <laughs> oh, I love that. But in this entire conversation, the worst part of it is, is that McCoy stops talking to her and yeah. talks to Scotty, Scotty yeah. as if she is a dog that you are discussing at the vet's table. And Scotty's explanation is, a ser- is essentially, well, she's just too sim- simple and stupid for her simple brain to understand. Yeah. He did not come off well. Nobody does in this one. Uh, some people more than others. So, the uh, storm of uh, misogyny <laughs> uh, is headed directly towards Memory Alpha. Oh, no. Great, excellent. Here's where we find out Memory Alpha's not responding, and BT dubs, it doesn't have shields because academic freedom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not, not academic freedom. <laughs> Academic freedom. No, no, it's great. It is it's very awesome. important. And but you also want to have, like, fire alarms in most libraries. That, that's going to be my analogy, is yeah. that you want a fire, fire alarm, alarm in a building. Yeah. Not to say that... <laughs> Just because some protection. Have, yeah. Because you have shields doesn't mean nobody can touch the information. Yeah. You only pull the shields when there's an actual no, fire. No, it's, it's awful. She has a, an attack where she sees the already dead mini werewolves. One oh, of the technicians down. On I the totally library. missed that she actually had that attack. Yeah, she yeah. has a vision where it zooms in on her eye and we see the guy in the pink unitard oh. collapsed on a chair before we actually see him on screen. I missed that. I must have been looking yeah. at my notes. <laughs> yes, Spock says that the destruction of Memory Alpha is a disaster for the galaxy, but the Wikipedia, the wiki is a boon to us all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so it's the burning of Space Library Alexandria. And yes, it is. they don't even know how many people are there because it's constantly changing, you know, visitors, researchers, whatever. Mm-hmm. But by the time they get close enough to use their sensors, there's no power readings and no life signs. Oops. They beam down. Our main characters beam down. Mm. And everyone is super dead. Except for the one lady who doesn't have arms. Anyone? She yeah. had arms. Did she? She's lying in a really weird way, but yeah, okay, she totally fine. We only really see her from the shoulders up. Yeah. yeah. She does the face, the same kind of... The mouth, uh, the mouth, the mouth whale noises. And then her face goes rainbow. Um, <gasps> everyone just kind of points at her. That freaked me out. I was not expecting that, and I like... Oh my god, in my living room. Yeah. As, as a child, this would have been horrifying. Yep. Again, yeah. the way that the mystery is built up is really interesting. Yes. Not super keen on the actual denouement, no. but um, like as a as a plot moving forward, I was engaged. I was getting engaged with this. Yeah. I yes. thought it was really yeah. interesting. Yes. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. So, her brain exploded. Basically. And... Oh yeah, the croaky <laughs> lady dies. Yeah, they beam down uh, Lieutenant Lettuce Romaine, and sh- they, as, as Ari said before, they're kind of like, what was all this about? She's like, how the fuck should I know? And then she's like, oh, guys, 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 the storm's coming back. She is super casual about it. Oh, she also, um, they, they're like, blah, 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 the dead technician, which I, I, it's not a very specific thing to clue her in that this is the exact thing, but, that you saw in your vision, but she realizes that she had a vision of the future. Does she mention this? Point. Well, yeah, no, not to them. Well, they take her into the other room, or they mention that there's dead people or whatever. She gets upset, and she runs into the other room, 
sees the dead bodies lying around and freaks out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now that I know she saw a vision of these dead guys, <laughs> her reaction makes a lot more sense to me. You must have yeah. a lot of question marks in this yeah. section. Just like an entire paragraph of why. Yeah. And, yeah. She, and she doesn't say, I had a vision of the future, but she does say, it's coming back. I just know. And they take her word for it. Which, so. fine. But again, she's real, I don't mean to come down hard on her, but she's real casual about this. Yeah. Real casual. They beam up. Mira almost doesn't make it. She's suspended in transit. This why? was a pointless plot point that led nowhere and added nothing. <gasps> okay. If I was to rewrite this episode... Oh, please do. I think I have an explanation, too. I think it's going to be the same explanation that I'm coming up with, is that the transporter picks you up and beams you up or whatever based on a scan Mm -hmm. of your body. So also your brainwaves. And because her brainwaves are changing, she's not quite the same person that the computer thinks she should be. Mm. That's a great explanation. I completely buy it. They should have written that into the script. Yes. Wouldn't that have been In a been more overt manner. <laughs> yeah, it's like, later on, it's kind of backwards implied, but it should be stated more at No, the time. like, guys, yeah. spell this out. Because yeah. it's great, because, yeah. I mean, that, that yeah, again, this is a really good mystery slash horror yeah. episode. Yes. It's body horror, basically. It is, it is body horror, but the part of a body horror is that you have to feel empathy and understanding for the person who this is happening to, whereas I just do not care about her. I want to. It could have been done well. <laughs> if it had been her, and even, like, I know they don't often, I mean, they did do an episode that was a spinoff backdoor pilot starring a go-go dancer, but, <laughs> like, start the episode with her diary entry. Hey, yeah. it's my first, like, big space mission. Some, you I'm know, so some excited. of the very best episodes of Star Trek are with, like, one episode tertiary characters as the main focus. And that's such a good idea for these kind of ensemble casts yeah. in a bottle that are going through multiple seasons, right? Is yeah. the best the, some of and the best ways... sci-fi too. It's a this grand sci-fi tradition. I'm thinking it of is. Below Decks. Yeah. I'm thinking of the B5 episode View from the Galley. It's like these are not regular characters, but they're part of this universe. Well, something that's very interesting to see as a viewer is your favorite characters through the eyes of other yeah. people yeah. of how they're interacting with the larger world. So I yeah. think that could have been like Dear Diary. Today I started my first space mission. Headed to Memory Alpha. So fun. Met Not sure I like space. Space yeah. is dumb. And then show her journey through the ship up to the bridge where she's yeah. meeting her ex, her old boyfriend, and then something bad happens. Mm-hmm. And then again, like Anchor it with her. Because this entire episode is not her episode. It's no. Scotty's episode. Yeah. And that's bullshit. Is yeah. bullshit. Which is, yeah, that's the major flaw in the writing of this episode. And what, it's the weakest point and it's what makes the episode not work is that yeah. the episode is about Scotty. Yeah. And not about her. And she is literally just the object for Scotty to focus on. And the thing is, Scotty does nothing. Yeah. No. He does absolutely nothing no. in this whole episode. He just patronizes. He gives yeah. bad advice. He gives bad advice, but he accomplishes nothing. He does nothing. He says last too many times for my liking. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's it, no, that's another good point. He does dick all. Yeah, it should have been. He her doesn't even episode. come up with a solution to fix no, it. Yeah. Kirk pulls is, that out of his ass. Yeah. Mm. The thing is it's not like we like we know that they're capable of centering episodes around female guest stars. They've done it before. And they've done and it. And made it their well. story yep. convincingly and well. They just for some reason, didn't this time. Should this be the time to pull off who actually yes, wrote yes, this episode? Yes, yes, please tell us. Uh, Kim, I'd like you to take this away. <laughs> it was written by Sherry Lewis of Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop. <laughs> when, I, when I made Kareem look it up downstairs, I started singing the Lamb Chop theme song. <laughs> it's written by Sherry and her second husband I want to go with. I have no idea. Husband at the time. Yeah, her husband. Which is Bananas. Yep. Which Did you keep reading the entry in the Memory Alpha is that she also wanted to play Mira, but she didn't get cast. <gasps> Which is harsh. You know what? <laughs> I would have watched that. <laughs> I feel I w- like she probably brought something to the role. Yeah, lamp chop. Only <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Ooh. It's so weird to me sometimes when, like, thinking about that, she wrote the episode, she saw herself being the main character, did not write well for this character. Was she planning on just personally filling it in? That actually would make a lot of sense. I also don't know if it got rewritten before it got to that's also from the staff writers or whatever. I'm guessing by some men. Yeah, several. But like, I mean, (laughs) oh, that was my favorite bit of trivia about this whole episode. It's a great piece of trivia. So yeah, this is the part where she's like, "Hey, so I'm seeing things," and he's like, "Just to Scott in private." Yes, there is in engineering. Yeah. Yeah. While he's supposed to be working. Code of silence, Kim. (laughs) 
Then what follows is the most detailed chase scene I have ever seen. <laughs> this goes on for a really long time. It goes on through every single maneuver, every single button push, every yeah. single toggle. Well, they're trying to, like, evade the non-storm. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, it, it's clearly not leaving you, guys. And they all, they do this for what seems like 85 years, only to determine, yes, it is following us. Of course it is. <laughs> and, and he keeps going sort of back and forth between the bridge and their attempts to evade the storm oh. and Scotty and Romaine. And there's a moment where she she's like, do you really think I was seeing the future? And he's like, do you think you were seeing the future? And she's like, I've always thought that was nonsense. And here's where I wrote, you work in space and they test you for psychic powers in childhood. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's fair. What, what essentially comes out is that this epilepsy fit, or no, sorry, migraine Lish. cluster, yeah. is ten life forces? Sure. It's a community of ten. My favorite thing about this was how Scott, uh, not Scott, um, Spock analyzed what this was as he goes over to a little speaker, pushes some buttons, places what looks to be a block of cheese in front yes. of them, <laughs> yes. and then walks away with the answer somehow. I would assume that inside of there is like a Discworld computer, <laughs> which is mostly mice <laughs> running around and different things. Ants. Absolutely. So. Yes, they're following her. It turns out that her brainwaves are turning into the brainwaves of these ten life forces. Kirk tries to talk to it. They ain't interested. No. They try and finally shoot it, thank God. And she screams in pain and falls down. Yeah, of course she does. Um, Scotty does not take her to sickbay, however. No, he takes her to the space staff meeting. Where they sit her down at the end of the table by herself and interrogate her. Like yeah, which turns into a space interrogation. Yeah. Yes. It's so great because they're like, so this is not an inquisition, but we're just going to inquisitize you a little bit. <laughs> so what's up? And her, she leads with, don't worry about hurting me. Fuck you. Yeah. We do find out she was born on Mars. That was that was cool. a thing, I guess. She apparently had psychosomatic illnesses in her teens. Well, they kind yeah. of say that. Women don't get sick. Women just think they're sick. Yeah. Psychosomatic well. means she was making it up. Except she probably wasn't. Well, that is how they uh, discourage women from seeking medical attention and, uh, and downplay your pain. Mm -hmm. So yes, apparently she is flexible and has pliant responses to new learning environments. Whatever the Fuck that they means. keep saying the word exceptional appliance. This is also like a blatant invasion of her medical privacy, especially after the episode with the blind lady. Yes. <laughs> Where yes. we have a whole conversation about keeping her medical records confidential even in the face of an attempted murder. It's so great. What is also great about this is that they don't say, Hi, can you talk a little bit about your past? They just read it out, and it, there's yeah. no reason for her to be there because they are just reading Again, her, everything like, out. It's another situation where she doesn't get lines. Yeah, no. she doesn't. She gets half of a line at the very end of the scene, and it's agreeing with what they've already said they're going to do. She is the object of this scene. Yeah, the thing to be talked yeah. about, the thing to be discussed, the the problem to be solved. She is not a subject. She's not an active participant. Pisses no. me off. Scotty talks for her mostly <sighs> until the end, where she basically confesses. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs down. Thumbs um, that down. she had a vision of Scotty dying. This is after Scotty confesses that, oh, well, I kind of convinced her not to report her visions of the catastrophic future before. Whoops. Let's talk with the equivalent of sweets. Yeah. And then... <laughs> on this ship. And he, like, comforts her in a really gross, condescending way. It's he all talks gross. to her like she's six. It's all Oh, gross. is this one where she's, like, in the conference room? She's sitting on a chair. Yeah. Yes. And so he stands up and goes and, like, stands sort of beside her so his body is facing her. Locking her from the camera. He trumps her. And then he like puts his arms around her and basically like sort of it looks like he's surrounding yeah. her. He is trumping her. <laughs> yeah. He wow. is trumping her. Kirk, this is like the most peak Shatner acting I think yeah. we've seen. And it was very hard for me to watch. It's like you are susceptible to their will. Don't resist. Let them Take over. Hands. Hands. Mime. It's fine. So the plan is... <laughs> the, the plan is... They are going to let the aliens go into her? 
Which is what happens. Mm-hmm. In the hopes that they can communicate with them. So, not knowing whether that will kill or not, but that's totally fine. Um, so that's totally what happens, though. Yeah, they take her to sick bay. Oh, no, no, no. This is the part where... They take her to atmospheric pressure chamber number five. Yes, but... Yes, Kim. This is the part where basically they escort her through the halls of the ship, one yes, man on each yes, arm. Yes, yes. They walk past a crewman mm-hmm. who is tightening nothing in the background. <laughs> You're securing stations, Kim. No, no, no. This guy is standing in front of some sort of panel and making tightening motions with his hands. <laughs> That's what... Oh, and there is nothing there. And the thing is, oh, they cut no. back to him for another yeah. shot. And he oh, finishes no. tightening nothing and walks oh, away. Boy. I feel like we've seen maybe it was with the same guy. Because we've seen someone oh, do that no. at least once before. Where they're just sort of like at a panel doing a thing with their hand and they're not doing anything at all. Well, it was bizarre. When the boss walks by, you want to seem busy. <laughs> even if that is working on your extracurricular mind skills. <laughs> It's the invisible too. It was awesome and amazing and <laughs> fucking stupid, and I loved it. it. Is. Yeah. So Although this is it's yelling intruder, intruder, intruder alert <laughs> over the intercom, and people are actually running around looking convincingly like they're oh, doing, except for oh, this one guy. No, all right, 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 all right. No, <laughs> there's like a dozen people in the hallway. All right, I'm not disputing that, and they're, they're actually right. hurrying. <laughs> no, okay. It's the last so time, the points that we can agree on. There are people in the corridor. Yes. Yes. There are more than 12 people in the corridor. Yes. They are fucking casual. Not like the last time. There are defensive positions. Oh, like, should I? No, I'm going to linger in this hallway. Like, I'm sure it'll be fine. It's like casual Everyone is actually walking at a fairly brisk pace, looking up at the flashing lights. It's more the engagement than we've seen the crew do at all during an intruder intruder alert thus far. (laughs) You have a real problem. I cannot say the word. Intruder. Intruder. Three times fast. Intruder, intruder, intruder. Nope. Mm, I'm done now. Well, we will never agree on that because Mm -hmm. you are wrong. So, in sickbay... Honestly, I did not realize it was sick bay. I thought it was engineering. I thought there yeah. was stuff running like, no, it's torpedo bay. tube. It's, it's a repressurization. Repressurization. <laughs> you want to take a break now? <laughs> you familiarize yourself? It is in the real English? world a medical device, although as far as I know, the real ones don't have anti-graph. <laughs> is it for po- Yeah, let's it's talk for, about that. It's for people who have the bends, which actually makes sense if you're on a spaceship. You're in space. Okay, yeah. fine. Acceptable. So the aliens start talking through her. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially like, yeah, we're the will of the last 100 people who died on our shitty planet. We've been looking, we've been scouring the universe for someone whose body we could take over. Oh yeah, we did not kill all those people in memory, Alpha. They died because they resisted us. So you killed them. So you killed them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what your definition of kill yeah, is. it's not the same as mine. You exploded their brains? Yeah. Uh, we just want, and here's the part where I died. We just want the girl. So the assholes. <laughs> the sparkle patriarchy. The ten assholes who are trying to all cram themselves into her body. Yeah. Oh Which sounds God. disgusting. It, it is. really does. It really Like, at that point, you could give her the respect of saying the woman. Yeah. yeah. Or using her name. Yeah. Yeah. She resists them. And yeah, I actually, this part I liked because this is where she's like, fuck you, I will be who I fucking choose to be. Um... For just a minute, because there's, like, there's no costume. She's not wearing some crazy dress. She's just in a uniform. But we do need to talk about her uniform here for a second. All right. The construction of the neckline is either very interestingly put together or very badly put together. Or a combination of both. I can't. Because they, the seaming comes up in the, across her chest in this weird sort of swirl pattern. So you got, like, three pieces that very obviously come to a point there's, under her black collar. Yeah. But the black collar that she has that all of these uniforms have, you can very obviously see the stitching where the lining has been added yeah. to the uniform. Um, it was badly constructed. I think hmm. this this is a, a, a bodice type that we've seen at least once before when Chapel was wearing it. Yeah. Um, it's also a technique you use when you have to resection a bodice to fit someone else. Oh. Um, and I'm guessing that that's what happened, that they added or removed pieces of the bodice and they didn't have a big enough piece, so they just added, like, pie-shaped sections until they got it right. Okay. I'm guessing the person who wore this uniform before her had either much larger or much smaller boobs. Huh. 
Yeah, because yeah, the neckline is sitting at a really strange angle, and that's because they reattached it after totally rebuilding the bodice. Yeah, it, it was just, it was very glaring to me, especially at this point, because they're doing such close-ups of mm-hmm. her head. That there's seams in places and there there seams. be seams. I was like, that is a lot of seams and yeah. a lot of visible yeah. stitching. It's a method they've used before. I think it's like some specific costumer's method of uh, changing a costume up, but okay. yeah. Well, it's... this has been Taylor Talk with Kimonari. <laughs> <laughs> so... They spell out their entire plan of what they're going to do right in front of these aliens. Mm -hmm. The aliens don't seem to care. He's like, okay, I'm going to put her in the chamber, and they won't kill me. Like, Scotty says this because he thinks Mira will be able to control her body. Well, I mean, she doesn't kill him. I have a question. Shoot. Where did the idea of putting her in the pressure chamber actually come from, and how do they know that it will work? Um, okay, it comes from Kirk because they say they have to find an atmosphere that would kill the beings and not kill her. An environment that's inhospitable to them. Yes. How they know that this environment is inhospitable to these assholes no who have been floating around in space by sheer will alone? Do not know. Is a question. Because <laughs> I, because I, is I remember, a question without answer. When I was watching this, I was like, wait. Where did this solution come from? Because, like, Kirk was talking about Kirk's it. Kirk's ass. Yep. Oh, Kirk's ass. Okay. So I was right. <laughs> we get a final conversation <laughs> where basically Kirk is arguing for the woman's bodily autonomy. The The jerks of Zatar are basically like, well, we found her. We're keeping her. And Kirk's like, she already has a life. And they're like, she will accept us. They're jerks. Yeah. Um, the actress here is... Because she's got, she's doing, they've done something creepy yeah. in her voice and she's mm-hmm. speaking. Um, her performance here is mm-hmm. very good. It's so mm-hmm. good. It's very great. Good. She's just leaning up against the wall, not really moving, kind of like propped up with this dead-eyed stare. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. only thing that's happening is her mouth is moving. And it's like, she's re- it's really it's affecting. Yeah. She's still managing to emote really well. It's like, this yeah. is my life. I want to live it. She's, I, I'm not denying that she doesn't, she does a fine performance with mm-hmm. the again six and a half seconds that she has given the in minimal material she yeah. gets yeah. which is a real shame yeah if only they'd let her act for the rest of the episode yeah they throw her in the chamber mm-hmm. um where she starts floating because it's also an anti-grav chamber that doesn't make any sense i don't know why would you do that because we have special effects. It's a cooler looking, more dramatic shot than peering into her lying on a table and maybe through a tiny window. Maybe this is what they spent their special effects budget on I'm instead of planet shots on the view screen, which mm. if you notice, we never got any of Memory Alpha. We do, That's actually, true. in the remastered version. There's one shot about yeah. three seconds long. It's just a bunch of interconnected domes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. guys, here is where feel free to disagree with me. But her floating, smiling, and prone... Creepy. So creepy, Because right? after they drive out okay, the evil lights, so Scotty is sort of peering in the window, like, smiling at her, hopefully, reassuringly, and she turns her head, and it's like a doll's head going all the way around. But it, it, it's from, like, her torso... Oh, because they're doing, like, the magic floating It's like from trip. the rack up. Yeah. I, there's something weirdly sexualized about that yeah. that I didn't like. No, it's very strange. It was... Because she seemed really happy and it's and kind of vacant. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I there's something about it that just as like, soon as I saw it. Like the lights of the like, patriarchy oh. are apparently no longer in her brain, but I'm not sure there's anything else home either. Because I don't think we actually see her afterwards, we no. We don't see her upright and cogent again. She's just floating in the air. Mm. Ready to be the next receptacle for the next man who comes along. Yeah, and because mm-hmm. this was not her, an episode about her, mm-hmm. the end tag is not about, is not about her. Fucking it's not, Scotty. It's about Scotty. And Jeez. it's kind of gross. Yeah, the last thing that we say, is said with her on screen, is Scotty saying, now we have all the time in the world. Ugh! Again, that's what made it very sexual. Yeah. And this, like, creepy. And he says it while, like, staring dreamily at Kirk like he expects Kirk to validate the statement. Kirk just sort of looks away. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's yeah. very weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the tag was Oh, the really, tag is stupid. The tag was terrible. Was um, they talk about Mira fought well. Scotty's love with her, for her was a factor in the fighting. She was saved by love. And she'll get right back to work because that's the best therapy. Yeah, she's got to apparently fix the entire space archive. Yeah. Well, at least she gets to get away from all of them. Yeah, I yeah. think she might be better off now. Like, first builds Mashiels, and then she can be like, you know what, I'm fine here completely alone. Please go away. Please just leave. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. All right, um... 
Ugh. Episode yeah. over. Episode done. <laughs> Never done. again. Um, Ari, your count? Uh, <laughs> five women, three people of color. Uh, Kim, your count. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's never easy on this show. We see four bodies. Mm-hmm. Okay. But an unknown number of people died on Memory Alpha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there they is no count. They say unknown. That's of right. how many people died. So I'm going to say 100 plus people died on Memory Alpha. Well, we know oh, that generous. at least there was 100 Zatarians that were originally part of the collective that died off. And then they killed the last of the buffalo, leaving, yeah. Them, yeah. leaving them with zero. Yeah. yeah. So at least it's 100 plus. Like, yeah. Minimum 14, probably a bunch more. Yeah. 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 So, so I want to note some other things about Mira Romaine in the, the, the universe, because she is mentioned again in other properties. Oh. Um, there's a Star Trek Beyond deleted scene where Scotty mentions meeting Lieutenant Romaine for dinner, which I actually would have liked to see. Oh, that's a nice, yeah. that's that's a nice good, nod. Yeah. That's a good nod. That's yeah. a very good nod. Um, in at least, uh, in the Dead of Honor comic... And at least one TNG novel, you find out they later named a medical facility for her for officers who'd also been taken over by alien entities. <laughs> I like that there is somebody decided that, that was a I specific think they found enough it, occurrence. I think they found it like, oh God, like 40 awful. or 50 years later, but um, the book in which it's first mentioned is 2385, which is like 115 years later. The uh. Mira Romaine Center for Rehabilitation and Reintegration on Beta Z Station 4. Specialized in treating individuals who had been the victims of mind control or alien possession. <laughs> okay, I'm really sorry now that that's not actually yeah. in the canon. That's a deep re- that's a She also reference. later gets made captain and chief archivist of Memory Alpha. I assume because she just never left again. Did she you? install shields? I assume so. I never actually read Dead of Honor, but I kind of want to now. Although it's written by Chris, Chris Claremont. Either way. Yeah. Hmm. Performance of the episode. Uh, I'm going to give it to the actress who played Mira. Jen Shutan. Yeah. Yeah, me too. She was good. Yeah. She was good. I felt awful for her. Certainly better than everyone else. Yeah. I felt awful for her. Yeah. So bad. Her dead-eyed stare was so good. She was very good at being a possessed alien. Yeah. Yeah. So I think think we can all give that to her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. uh, Life lesson to be learned from this episode, Kim. Um, Listen to women when they talk about their own health and symptoms they are having. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh... Ari. Not, I, I can't really do better than that. I'm going to go with back up your data. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Do it right now, guys. Right now. Like, turn off this podcast, go to your computer, do an off-site backup. Two formats, three locations. Wait a second, Ari. Mm. Save this right now. <laughs> 